Hello, and welcome to the Play Piano Bite Your podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the importance of learning chords first when it comes to playing by ear. I am here at the piano, so there will be a lot of piano examples in today's episode. But the reason why I wanted to talk about the importance of learning chords first when it comes to playing by ear is that oftentimes when we think about playing by ear or just the concept in general comes up, the first thing that is easy to think about is the concept of you hear a melody or a song that you know. So you have to know the song pretty well. You have to know the song well enough to hum it in your head or to to be quite familiar with the song to play it by ear. But assuming you know the song really well, the first thing that people usually go to when playing by ear is figuring out the melody on the piano. So just note by note and... Um, trying to sound it out and that is that works if that's your only goal if your only goal is to play the melody of your piece just one note at a time that that can work to approach the song in that way just sounding out the melody but once you're there there needs to be more happening with that song. We want more fill. We're going to want a left hand accompaniment. Maybe the right hand can do something interesting. Um, something that sounds kind of like this. So knowing how to add that fill and knowing the general concept of what your right hand does, what your left hand does, and the groupings of notes that are typically used when adding the harmony or the chord progressions underneath is so important. And that's where the chords come in. So if you already have a good understanding of piano chords and piano keys, this will allow you to add that fill so much faster instead of finding the melody, And then seeing what note sounds good with each specific note. So for that example, I played two notes at a time, the melody note and then a harmony note underneath the melody note. And then your left hand would also have to play patterns down below. But if you don't have an understanding of chords or chord progressions, that whole concept of even figuring out what note to add is going to feel like a big mystery. What note, how do you know what note to add? How do you, how do you predict what patterns are going to sound good? And here's the interesting thing. Once you do learn piano chords and how they tie all together in the circle of fifths, by the way, the circle of fifths is just a visual representation of how all the 12 major piano chords are linked to each other. And it's in a circle. It's called the circle of fifths. And if you were to stand and have a piano around you in a circle, if you could bend a piano and make it go completely around you in a circle and play through all the chords, then eventually you would come all the way around the circle and start back with the first chord that you started on. So that's why it's called the circle of fifths. This is still on that tangent, but if you have a chord, the outside notes of your chord, the um, top note of your first chord, 
is going to become the bottom note of your next chord and so on and then every time you add a new chord the top note of your new chord becomes the starting note for your next chord and eventually it loops you all the way around the piano but if you don't understand how those chords work then it's going to be very hard to add the background fill of your piece so by this point you're going to want to I would say it's better to start learning the chords because they are going to give a lot of sound, a lot of big sound right away. And you can do a lot with chords. You can sound amazing with just one simple chord. For example, here is the D major chord, D, F sharp, and A. And you can play this chord on any octave of the piano, D, F sharp, and A. Play those three notes together. You can play it right in the middle like I'm doing right here. You could play it down an octave, D, F sharp, and A. You could play it down another octave, D, F sharp, and A. Down another octave is going to sound not as grid. <laughs> Sounds like gravel. And then you could play it up high or very, very high. So if you use this one simple chord, press the pedal, and play the notes one at a time from bottom to top with both hands. So both of my hands are on a D major chord. I could play something like this. This would be a very, very, very basic arpeggio in its simplest form. You could go multiple octaves. You could start at a lower chord and then go higher. And you could do lots of patterns with that. So already you're getting comfortable playing music and getting comfortable with the rhythm of a piece. So to make a song sound like you kind of instantly just magically know how to play it, you're going to want to follow a consistent rhythm. And the easiest way to follow a consistent rhythm would be to count to four and hold that chord for four counts and then switch to a new chord. So I'm going to use the chords D and G and A. And as you're learning chords, as you're learning rhythm, it might go something like this. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. So that's giving the background of your music. If you think about it like a painter, a painter would paint the very furthest layer or the layer that would appear to be the farthest away in an image, which would be the blue sky. And on top of the blue sky, then you might add the clouds. And then down at the horizon, you could add the mountains way in the distance. And then you could start to add the landscape that's closer. And then you might add a tree. And then you might add some flowers. And then you might add a bench and a person sitting on the bench. You get the picture, but um, you wouldn't start with the person sitting on the bench. If you painted the person sitting on the bench first and then went to paint the tree and then went to paint the ground and then went to paint the mountains and then went to patch in the sky in between all of the leaves in the tree, it would look pretty uh, choppy, kind of like one of those acrylic paintings. Sometimes the acrylic paintings where they do blobs of paint are meant to look just 
um, that has a very certain look. But if you were to paint a painting that was supposed to be this smooth landscape in that order, everything would be backwards and it wouldn't look cohesive. It wouldn't look smooth. The sky wouldn't look like a sky because it would be just pieces of blue in amongst the tree leaves. And a lot of times I think that happens when it comes to playing by ear. If you start off with the melody, that's more like the tree in the picture, whereas the chords are going to be the sky in the background. So this, the D major chord, I'm playing D, F sharp, A, and another D. This chord right here can add great background for the melody. At the beginning of the podcast episode, I played the melody of Joy to the World, and I played that one in the key of F, starting on F, ending on F. For now, I'm going to switch, since we're talking about the D major chord, I'm going to switch and play the melody of Joy to the World using the D major chord. So I'm going to play the background, the color of our piece, the light blue sky, which would be this chord right here. I'm going to play that with my left hand, and I'm going to play the melody of our piece of Joy to the World up here with my right hand. And I'm going to add that together. So it's not going to be super amazing yet, but it's going to sound something like this. Okay, so that's that was better. Um, it has the chord down here, and it has the melody up top, but it's still missing a few things. So it's missing a few other chords. And this could be the concept in a picture. Let's go back to the painting again. Say you're painting the sky, but oftentimes the sky is blended with different colors. We have the light blue color, and then maybe it fades to white. Maybe, ooh, maybe it fades to peach orange and creates a gorgeous sunset with a burst of yellow. <laughs> so you're gonna have to blend all those colors together. And once they're blended together, then you're gonna have a beautiful, gorgeous sky. I am actually sitting here at my piano looking out at the sky and the clouds right now. They are blue. The, the clouds are actually blue today. Um, the sky is very blue. The clouds are like a periwinkle blue with a white outline behind them so the light is is definitely hitting them but the sun is blocked by the clouds it's very pretty so now I'm going to play the same melody but some different chords so here's the different colors of our sky I'm going to play the D major chord and I'm going to try to add the G chord and the A chord in there somewhere so We'll see how this goes. Here goes the same melody with different chords. Okay, that one had to jump pretty quickly with the left hand to add all of those chords. So at this point, I'm gonna I'm gonna just choose the chord that falls on beat one. I'm going to do four different chords and I'm going to add them on the note that I'm playing the loudest. And I'm, whew, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to try to count the melody of, I'm going to try to count the timing of Joy to the World so you can hear where the note is going to be added. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. 
Okay, so I'm gonna play a chord on beat one. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And that would sound something like this. I played the same chord up high and then the same chord an octave lower, the D major chord. So here we have the melody up high and then a few different chord variations down below. So once you're playing different chords in your piece and you're playing your melody up high, there's one missing link. And the missing link would be how do you match the chords that you're playing down low with the melody note that you're playing up high. Let me give a different example because Joy to the World is kind of tricky, especially with that first line. It just goes down the scale. So I'm just going to make up something that has a few more chords so that this makes a little more sense. Okay, there we go. There's our melody and there's our song. There's our piece. I was playing the chords in the key of D. So the question at the beginning or the concept at the beginning of the podcast episode was the importance of learning chords first when you're playing piano by ear. And the importance of that would be to know what chords you're free to use. I'm not just going to use any chord. If I just use any random chord, it would sound so weird. Here's what it would sound like. So I just played a bunch of random chords. And uh, that example, you can hear how the melody, it's not even cohesive. It's just takes, it just wrenches your ear around. <laughs> so understanding your 12 major chords and how they work on the circle of fifths is going to give you the key to know what chords to play together. You can pick any chord on the circle of fifths and use that chord as one of your chords in your song and then go one chord to the right on your circle and you can use that chord and then go one chord to the left on your circle and you could use that chord. This also would be the same chords found in the diatonic scale of whatever key you're playing, and it would be the one, four, and the five chord. So in the key of D, they number the scale one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now it's back to one. The major chords found in that scale would be the D chord, because that falls on note number one. And then we have the minor two, the minor three, the major four, and the major five. And then we have the minor sixth, the diminished seven, and then we're back to one. And the one, four, and five, it's usually taught that you learn your scale first, and then you learn that your chords are pulled from the scale. I don't like thinking about it like that because visually that doesn't really help when you're trying to play by ear. But if you think about it in terms of the circle, we have our D major chord, D, F sharp, and A. And then from A, we can form a new chord, A, C sharp, and E. And then we go back to the D chord, and we're going to go the other way. We're going to form a chord off the D, and we're going to go down to the left of the circle, D, B, G. Now we have the G chord. So these three chords are linked, like chain links on the circle. Every chord is like a, 
a link and a chain on the circle of fifths. We have the G, the D, and the A. Those are our three major chords we can use in our melody. And those were the chords I was using to play the tune from earlier, which was this. Now, if you know how to play those chords, you can simply play through those chords with a chord progression to get comfortable with them at first, which was D, and then G, and then A, and then D. Those were the four chords I played. I went through that pattern twice, so then we could play it again, D, G, A, D. Now my left hand was doing more than just playing the chord. My left hand was, instead of playing the chord in root position, I dropped the middle note of every chord. So instead of D, F sharp, A, I dropped F, and I was only playing D and A, and then I added the root of the chord. So for D, the root is D. I added that up an octave. So now I have D, A, and D all played together. What I'm really doing is I'm playing an octave. Let's say I want to find this pattern with the D chord. I'm just going to play the D octave, which would be two notes that are the same name, but they're eight notes apart from D all the way up to D. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then I'm adding the note that is a fifth above the bottom D. So one, two, three, four, five. I'm adding that note right there. And that works with any chord. So let's say I want to find the same pattern with the G chord. I could find the G chord, G, B, and D. Drop the middle note B. Now I just have the fifth and I'm going to play the additional G at the top. So we have this octave G and the D in the middle. Now from G to D is a fifth, five notes. One, two, three, four, five. And for the song that I was playing, I was doing that pattern, but instead of playing it as a blocked chord, I was playing it as a broken chord. And rocking between fingers five, two, and one. And then going back and forth between fingers two and one. You could practice that pattern with your left hand. So you could practice it for every single chord in your chord progression. We have first the D chord, and then the G chord, and then the A chord, and then the D chord. I like to go down an octave for the last D chord to make it sound good. Now, I'm gonna play the example again, but what I'd like you to do is listen to the left hand. Try to listen to this lower part in the music. Okay, so that's what you're gonna listen for. I'm gonna add the right hand now. Now, as you were listening to that, could you hear how the left hand, it really followed, you could call it just kind of this, this choppy, 
well, it wasn't choppy, it flowed together, but it was very basic. It was just this chord, and then this chord, and then this chord, and then this chord. So it was very foundational, like the framing of a house. It was it was the the big pieces, the the well, as our painting, the background of the piece. And then if you're thinking about it in the framing of the house, it'd be the the frame, not the details. The right hand was playing the melody. And the left hand was playing that background, beautiful background of the piece. And that made it sound really, really good. Imagine if you heard that piece and tried to play it by ear without knowing chords. I'm going to play the original piece again just so we can remember what that sounds like. So imagine if you were to go and try to play this by ear and the part that our ears recognize is the melody. So playing it by ear might start like this. But if that's as far as you get, you're really missing the whole other part of the piece that makes it sound like a song. And if you're only playing the chords, it it works it definitely works but the chords it's missing the melody and the melody is missing the chords they really go together so the only thing we didn't talk about in this episode is how you know what chord to match with your melody note and that gets into a whole other discussion on understanding scales where that's where people most usually start in music theory in modern music theory books they teach the scale and usually that's how you're supposed to practice it is just playing the notes up and down the scale which doesn't allow you to explore how melodies are formed on the scale scales is just the the frame the framework and the backdrop of melodies scales it's just the the outline of notes that you have the potential to use in your melody. It's not necessarily that you should just play through up and then back down. Scales give you the pattern of notes to choose from. And I heard someone say, it was a really good quote, it was talking about boundaries and pushing those boundaries, like sometimes not boundaries in the sense of... uh like how the modern world is thinking about personal boundaries, but boundaries in the sense of like, say there's a fence around a playground and the children in the playground are just given freedom to go play anywhere inside the fence boundaries. They can go explore all over the playground or just come right up to the fence, but anywhere in that selected area, they're going to be safe. And the great thing about boundaries is that they give us the freedom to roam in that space, that designated space. And that's the same thing with scales and piano. The scales confine us for sure. They say, use these notes and don't use these notes. But 
they give us the freedom to use those seven notes and to make a song and make a melody. And once you know the rules, you can break the rules. Like you don't have to stay in a scale for your piece. Here's an example of music where this song is gonna jump out of the scale just for a fun little twist. Here's what that can sound like. So that one definitely did not stay in the scale, but as it was jumping out of the scale and then coming back into the original key, every time I jumped to a different chord, I was using the notes from a different scale. So essentially I was jumping <laughs> from one playground to another playground to another playground and then coming back to the first playground. So there's still, there's still rules in music and there's still, there's still guidelines but that was a really random tangent on if we were to get into the topic of how you know which melody note to pair with your chord, you would have to understand scales. Just like there's 12 chords, there's 12 scales. And if you already know the 12 chords on the piano, then filling in the rest of the notes on the scale is not too difficult. I prefer to also teach scales by ear. And there's a really cool way you can do it. Ah, this is another super random tangent. I'm just going to share it here. So there was this one time where I was teaching a student how to play chord charts a long while ago, and she was playing already on the worship team, but didn't have a super great knowledge of scales, especially if she was playing in a different key. And so we were playing a song in the key of A. So she was using the A chord and the E chord and the D chord and understanding, she wanted to understand how she could start incorporating more, more interesting notes in right hand, just playing along. Instead of playing, instead of playing the first example where I'll, that I'll play, she wanted to do this. So she currently was doing this. But she wanted to do something that sounded more like this. So understanding what notes to use, how can you, how do you know what note you can use if you just want to make up a nice fill on guitar, it's called noodling. <laughs> how do you know what notes to do? So I told her to think of her three chords, the A chord and the D chord and the E chord and see if any of those chords had a sharp in them. And the A chord has C sharp, the D chord has F sharp, and the E chord has G sharp. So we have three sharps. We have the C sharp and the F sharp and the G sharp. So then I told her to play the white keys from A all the way up to A, another A, on the piano. But if we came across one of those sharps from the chord, and we remember that it was the C or the F or the G, then play the black key, play the sharp instead of the white key. But other than that, just play the white keys from A to A. And then she's like, oh, okay, so A, B, C sharp, D, E, F sharp, G sharp, A. Whoa, boom, there you have the scale taught through chords. Isn't that cool? So all you have to do 
is look at your circle of fifths, choose whatever scale you want to know. Let's say you want to learn the B major scale. On your circle of fifths, B would be your center chord. And then to the right, we'd have the F sharp chord. And then to the left, we'd have the E major chord. Now there's a lot of sharps in here to memorize. So we have the G sharp from the E chord, the D sharp and the F sharp from the B chord, and then the F sharp, the A sharp, and the C sharp from the F sharp chord. Okie dokie. Um, yeah, wow. Memorizing all those. We have G sharp, D sharp, F sharp, A sharp, and C sharp. That's all the sharps. <laughs> That's all the black keys. So now you can start from B and play all the way up to B, but anytime you come to a C or a D or an F or a G or an A, you're going to play the sharp. Or basically anytime you come to a white key that could be a sharp, you're going to play the sharp. <laughs> so we have B, C sharp, D sharp, E, F sharp, G sharp, A sharp, B. That was probably a crazy example to use. That was really extreme because it'd be hard to memorize all those sharps in your mind um, if you're trying to learn a scale. But that's an example of how you can take any chord from the circle of fifths, look at the chords that surround it, and use those chords to learn your new scale. By the way, when I'm playing by ear and playing in the key of B or something like that, I don't really stress out about remembering the scale. All I focus on is thinking about the chords that I'm using. And as long as you're playing the correct chords, you're automatically going to nail the notes in the scale. You don't really have to worry like, uh-oh, what if I memorize my scale? <laughs> or what if I forget my scale as I'm playing by ear in a more complicated key? You don't have to worry about that if you have a great knowledge of chords. That's why I'm so passionate about chords. If you can't tell, I'm very passionate about chords and teaching chords and that chords should be taught first and foremost. And it's also so, so easy. Um, I have... I've had a number of beginner students the past few years and the coolest thing happened, this transition moment happened for a whole bunch of them. But I noticed that when I was teaching my students, if I didn't teach them chords really early on, then when it came time for them to go from playing a song in C position to go to playing a song in G position, oh, it was so confusing. It would be like, okay, now instead of putting your thumb on C, let's put your thumb on G. But for your left hand, we're not going to put your thumb on G. We're going to put your pinky on G. But make sure it's this G and not this G. It was just so confusing. And I noticed that students would come back and say, I didn't know how to practice because I didn't know where my hands go. And I'm like, oh, no. So then after that, <laughs> I started teaching my students chords really early on and I have students that haven't even completed their primer level of piano so literally they're barely getting started playing in the five finger C position. I have students who can barely play in the five finger C position but can play through the first six chords on the circle of fifths and it's so great because then when they're finally ready to play in the key of G all I tell them is okay now just put both hands on a G chord and then they know what to do. They're like, oh, that's cool. Now I, oh, we get to use this chord. And whenever I throw out the term chord, oh, they get so excited. In fact, the way that I teach chords 
especially the very first chord. It's so fun. Students love it. And they, they jump up and down. And <laughs> I, um, I've been teaching double lessons recently this past fall. And they, at the very end of the lesson, I have taught how to play chords to these, these two girls in their double lesson. And, um, and then they just get so excited about this part in their lesson. So I, I just love that. Cause I think when you start learning chords, it just sparks creativity and you're able to do so much more with piano. You're able to see piano in terms of patterns and when you look at the keys, the black and white keys, no longer is it just like, whoa, it's like big blob of black and white keys. All of a sudden you see all these individual patterns and all the ways the patterns link together. And you understand how you can start applying those patterns to creating some nice background music. And the place where I would say it's so important to start, just learn how to paint that background sky with music, which could be the chord progression like we did earlier. Something like that. And that even sounds, that sounds, um, what's the word? You know how sometimes where you can start playing piano and your hands have to stay in one particular spot on the keys and the songs can sound a little bit basic Chords allow you to just branch into a whole realm of playing where, where it's sounding more competent and it's sounding, it's sounding good and it's something to get excited about. So there are just a bunch of great reasons why you should start learning chords first. And even if, even though technically when you learn chords first, you're not sounding out music, which is definitely important in playing by ear. What you're doing is building the framework so that when you do sound out music, you're gonna have this entire um, ab ability to fill in that melody with something that sounds great. And that is just a very, very satisfying feeling to be able to play a melody, but then also to be able to accompany that melody with chords and with arpeggios and oh by the way chords and arpeggios are similar they're almost the same thing chords would be your specific notes that you're playing three notes at once arpeggios would be playing that chord one note at a time on multiple different octaves either in the direction of going up or going down so you could have this you could go up and down And that was all with one chord. And once you understand the patterns, then you can just cruise up and down the piano using that. Chords allow you to start using the pedal because the chord notes sound so good together. You can just hold the pedal for a while using one chord. There are so many reasons to start learning chords first when it comes to playing by ear. Also in the whole realm of the, the process, if you learn chords first and then you learn how to sound out a song, with a melody and then you learn how to link that melody with the chords and then even to add some interesting harmony in your right hand oh you'll be making some gorgeous music so hope you found some value in today's podcast episode and some great ways to go experiment at the piano 
and I hope you have a great week.